We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Thursday, June the 3rd, 2021. Today's show, I break down tomorrow's game as Gamecocks baseball begins play in the Columbia Regional against the number three seed Virginia Cavaliers. Guys, I'll break down the game in its entirety. Also, we'll break down the Cavaliers, their pitching, their hitting. Also, talk about the South Carolina side of things, their starting pitcher, what to watch for, key player. I'll give my prediction, not just for tomorrow's game, but also for the entire regionals as well. Will South Carolina advance to the next round as they continue on the road to Omaha, guys? Also, we got men's basketball news and notes to get into including two big pieces of Frank Martin's squad returning for this season. Also, some transfer news hitting Gamecocks basketball. A lot to get into here on a Thursday, folks, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. Of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Let's get it. Boys and girls, stop what you're doing. Take a second. Can you feel that? Can you feel that right now? Yeah, I know you can feel it. Postseason baseball in Columbia, South Carolina is officially back. Let's go. Let's have us a Thursday, folks. Appreciate you all tuning in. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up show as Always again, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. And wherever this show may be finding you, whether you're on the commute, you're in the office, you're on the job, you've got the day off, whatever it may be. Hey, maybe you're in Columbia right now getting in town for tomorrow's games. The Gamecocks take on the Virginia Cavaliers in the first game of the Columbia Regional. High noon first pitch at Founders Park, guys. Going to get into all that. 
much more. But first things first again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for the love and support this week, guys. Content has been bleeding out of the eyeballs. Literally, I've been thinking to myself, Chris, are you posting too much? There's so much going on with our opponent previews and baseball and basketball news is dropping and recruiting news and football stuff outside of recruiting. It has been absolutely crazy guys but again thank you all so much for the continued love and support man i truly appreciate you rocking with us guys couple of quick reminders tonight you're hearing the sound of my voice if you're in the columbia area come on out if you're not make sure you tune in cox by 90 and i live show tonight at halls downtown columbia right across the street from the state house we're gonna go live at seven o'clock probably be live for about an hour or so seven to eight talking gamecocks baseball getting you ready for tomorrow's first pitch we're probably gonna talk some football as well take some questions also if you cannot be there in person which by the way we do encourage you to come out because we're gonna have the speaker set up everything's gonna be rocking and rolling it's gonna be a really really good time we are going to be streaming it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You guys already know the deal. The same setup we have for the Daily Crow is the setup we will have tonight at Halls. And again, first thing I do want to say, I appreciate those guys at Halls over there having us. And I appreciate my buddy Jeff, aka Cox by 90, allowing me to join him tonight as well. Going to be a really, really good time, guys. And the reason we are doing that is because, like I said earlier, without further ado, let's dive into it tomorrow. Postseason baseball at Founders Park is back. And, you know, guys, it's crazy. I like to go on a little bike ride. I like to go on bike rides around the city. And I, I'm a big uh, believer in, you know, physical activity and exercise and getting yourself outside and all that good stuff, whatever. Rode by the stadium yesterday and got a first glimpse at Founders Park. They were cutting the grass, getting it all ready. And you start seeing all the postseason banners and the NCAA baseball stuff. And you're like, oh, man, like I got goosebumps looking at it like, dude, this is for real. Like we've got postseason baseball in Columbia starting tomorrow. And that'll be the case of the Gamecocks take on the number three seed, Virginia Cavaliers, a noon first pitch on ESPN2. So, again, guys, if you cannot be there in person, this puppy is going to be on the big channel, ESPN2, a first pitch, noon first pitch at Founders Park. Again, guys, Virginia, the three seed of the ACC. Their head coach, Brian O'Connor, one of the best in college baseball to do that. He's been in Charlottesville. almost forgot where Virginia was. He's been in Charlottesville for 18 seasons, led the Virginia Cavaliers the national title in 2015. So one of the most well-respected coaches in all of college baseball. The 2021 season for Virginia, kind of interesting. 29 and 23 overall, so nothing crazy in regards to the overall record. And a 500 ball club in ACC play went 18 and 18 in the conference. But they are winners of seven of their last nine games. You look at how they fared in the ACC tournament, also beat Virginia Tech in their first game, 3-2, to two, then spanked the seventh-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish 14-1 to one in the ACC tournament and then lost to eventual champions Duke, which knocked them out. They lost to them 4-2. to two. But again, winners of seven of their last nine, just like every other team in this tournament, they are coming to this thing feeling pretty good, riding high. They're on a bit of a hot streak, if you will. And the Gamecocks will look to cool them off in this game one, guys. We're going to talk Cavaliers pitching and hitting. Let's first talk about the Wahoos on the mound, or the Wahoos on the bump, if you will. And this is really where Virginia makes their bread and butter, guys. You know, it's kind of funny. I'll just say this. South Carolina and Virginia are very comparable teams in the sense they both win ball games similarly, and that is with their pitching. 3.66 ERA for UVA, second in the conference in ERA. And the guy they're going to start tomorrow, Andrew Abbott, led the conference in ERA. We'll get to him in just a second. Scooch, or excuse me, Scotch, I should say. Scotch, Bales, and Witten headline their bullpen as well. So, again, Top to bottom, a really, really good UVA pitching staff. I mean, this is a pitching staff. You heard Mark Kingston say it. You know, the guy they're going to throw tomorrow could have been a starter on any weekend rotation of the SEC. And, uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, the numbers bear it out. One of the best in the ACC. And I th I'd say probably one of the best in the country in regards to pitching staffs. Their starting pitcher tomorrow, like I mentioned, he is a legit dude. He is a legit arm. That is left-handed pitcher Andrew Abbott, eight and five overall, the two six three ERA guys. What really stands out to you? about Abbott's stuff and, and, and just what makes him so good. Get these numbers. 89 innings pitched, 136 strikeouts, 
That's impressive. You know what's more impressive than that, though? In 89 innings pitched, he has 136 strikeouts with just 28 walks. This guy is a strike thrower, and he's got nasty stuff. He gets ahead of hitters, and when he gets ahead of you, he tends to put you away. So definitely a challenge for these Gamecock bats. Again, it's nothing they haven't seen before, but it's another dude. It's another big-time guy you're facing, Andrew Abbott, a guy who's one of the top prospects for the draft upcoming, certainly a big-time arm that the Cavaliers will roll out there in tomorrow's game. Guys, let's move to the dish, and this is where things get interesting, just like South Carolina, like I said. They depend on a very deep pitching staff, but at the plates where they tend to struggle, 261 overall, they rank 155th in scoring in the NCAA. Guess where the Gamecocks rank? 152nd. So like I said, these two teams might be mirror images of each other. They also ranked ninth in the ACC in average and fewest home run as well. You know, it's crazy. You've got two teams, or excuse me, of all the, of all the four teams in this regional, You've got two teams that are big-time bashers, power bats. They hit a ton of homers. And the other two, they don't hardly hit any at all. I mean, it's like polar opposites when you have Virginia and Jacksonville. And then you compare South Carolina and Old Dominion. Just 35 home runs for Virginia on the season. 352 on base percentage for them and 54 for 70 in stolen bases. They do, they do like to run a little bit. But again, those power numbers are what are crazy to you, man. It's just only 35 homers. I mean, Guys, in an offensive era of baseball where the home run is so prevalent and so important to only hit 35, guys, that is the least amount in the ACC. And I'd have to imagine that probably would have been the least in the SEC as well. Let's talk about some players to watch for for UVA. Let's start with infielder Kyle Teal, arguably one of the best players in this regional, hitting 311 on the season, eight homers, 33 RBIs, a really, really exciting player for them. Also, infielder Zach Giloff hitting 294 in the season, seven homers, 36 RBIs, 10 for 11 in stolen bases, guys. And actually, NCAA.com dropped their NCAA tournament regional preview for the Columbia Regional. And they had this to say about Zach Giloff. They handed out Columbia Regional superlatives and their most exciting player. They had this to say about Zach Giloff. Giloff, the top position player prospect for the 2021 draft in this regional, struggled offensively in the first half, but heated up down the stretch. Now he's hitting for average and power, controlling the strike zone, stealing bases, and playing dramatically improved defense at third base. So again, Giloff, obviously one of the top players in this regional for sure. And then finally, infielder Devin Ortiz, 283 hitter in the year, six home runs and 25 RBI. So guys, like I said, the interesting thing with UVA, is they feel very much like a mirror image of South Carolina in the sense that, no, they, they didn't have quite the season the Gamecocks had in regards to you know the competition they played and also the overall record, the conference record, and things of that nature. But they win games in a very similar fashion to how South going to win games. They win games with pitching. They win games with a very good rotation and a dominant bullpen full of power arms. They kind of take what they can get offensively, and the bats come and go just like the Gamecocks. I would say the biggest difference in the two, and I'll get into this in just a second, more in depth, is this. I think South Carolina offensively is the team that has much, much more ups upside because when the Gamecocks get hot, they smash. When, when Virginia gets hot, I mean, what do they do? They only have 35 homers on the year. Nothing really jumps out at you offensively. So that will be the big storyline and question for UVA. Same as the Gamecocks, do the bats give them enough? Because the Wahoos are expecting their guy, Andrew Abbott, and their bullpen is going to keep them in this ballgame and give them a chance to win. Guys, let's move to the South Carolina side of things. Of course, it was announced South Carolina starting right-handed pitcher Brett Carry five and one with a 1.90 ERA. I don't think any surprise that Mark Kingston and Skylar Mead felt comfortable handing the ball to Brett Carey, a guy who has been who has been phenomenal at the end of the season ever since they put him in the rotation. I'm going to dive into more of that in just a second, guys. But let's move into what to watch for because the first thing is this: like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, because I want to inject some perspective before we get all crazy in our, in our, in our emotions and everything as we roll in the next couple of days and throughout this region and everything else like that. Postseason baseball is back in Columbia. And listen, I, I know it's, it's the way that it happened. It isn't quite, it, it, 
it, it, it happened in a weird way. We all understand that. With the way 2021 played out because of COVID and the way the season started, and I think what the NCAA thought when they were – what they thought they were doing when they picked the 20 host sites and all that. And, you know, like however you want to justify, you want to say, oh, do the Gamecocks deserve to host, they not deserve to host, whatever. Either way, though, guys, no matter how it happened, it happened. For the first time since 2016, believe it or not, it's hard to believe it's been that long. Postseason baseball is at Founders Park. Just literally take a second. If you're in Founders Park this weekend, or simply put, if you're just watching the games on TV, just take a second to truly appreciate it. Really, seriously, because, you know, what this team has gone through, what this team is battling, you know, I, I thought it was, was well-deserved. The Gamecocks should have been a host no matter what, 16 and 14 in the SEC, the teams they had lost to, the teams they had beaten, more importantly. But if nothing else, Postseason baseball is back in Columbia. And, man, does it feel so good. This is why you come to South Carolina. Games like this, moments like this, to play in a regional, this is why you want to put on that garnet and black. This is why you want to come to the University of South Carolina and play at Founders Park is for ball games and for weekends like this. And I can tell you this, guys, I absolutely cannot wait to sit back, relax, and enjoy a bunch of baseball this weekend in Columbia. It is going to be an absolute blast. And if you're going to be there, I'd love to chat with you. love to interact with you because it's going to be a ton of fun. Something else we're watching for, guys. I just mentioned Brett Carey. Let's get into that because you know what my next point was? And this feeds right into Brett Carey getting the ball. The importance of winning game one. I mean, you, we've talked about this all season. And it's a Gamecocks ball club that has really, really struggled for whatever reason to win game ones. Now, I think this is a little bit different of a scenario because you've had so much time off. It's game one of a regional, not of a three-game set. And this is the first time in a game one you've had Brett Kerrigan into the baseball. It tells me and it shows me this staff understands we have got to win this ball game. And I don't think anybody's surprised that Brett Kerrigan into the baseball because he's been your best pitcher down the stretch. There's no question. Um, you know, what he did at Kentucky, what he did against Tennessee. I mean, he has by far been your best arm. There is no question. You had to go with Brett Carey. But the importance of winning game one, winning game one is the difference between having to play at noon on Saturday and getting the night game on Saturday. And at your home ballpark, guys, you can look at the statistics. When you lose game one of the regional and you get in the loser's bracket, it is very rarely that a team comes back from that and wins the whole damn thing. So finding a way to take down Virginia. You know, people have been asking me all week, Chris, how do you feel about this regional? What's your overall gauge and your feelings? I'm going to give you guys a prediction for the regional here shortly. But when I've looked at this regional, I feel good about it. I feel confident. But it is this first game that I'm like, you got to get past Virginia. You got to get past Andrew Abbott. You've got to get past a really talented Wahoo pitching staff and a Virginia team that has been there, done that, right? They've won a national championship. They're just like South Carolina in the sense that, hey, they're showing up in this thing expecting to win. It's what they do. They know how to win in the postseason. Again, they got one of the best coaches in all of college baseball leading the way in his 18th season doing the damn thing. So the importance of winning game one is there. And I think that is why Brett Carey gets the baseball. Again, it's no surprise to me. Brett's been phenomenal this season ever since they moved him to the starting rotation and it made Skylar Mead and Mark Kingston look like geniuses, man. I mean, he's been incredible. Um, you know, throwing the complete game shutout like he did in Lexington, and of course, against Tennessee, against elite competition. I mean, he was spectacular. So, Brett Carey, you hope he can continue to do that again. You know, it's funny, again, like I just mentioned earlier, NCAA.com, they wrote a Columbia Regional Preview, and they actually listed the best pitcher in the regional overall as Brett Carey, and they had this to say about Brett Carey. They said Carey was a dominant closer for most of the season, but moved into the rotation in the final two weeks of the regular season, throwing a four-hit shutout at Kentucky and then seven strong innings in a win against Tennessee. However the Gamecocks use him, he's a weapon with a 92-95 to mile-hour fastball and three swing-and-miss secondary pitches led by a vicious slider and cutter combination, along with premium pitchability and competitiveness. He gets the nod by a hair over Virginia's Andrew Abbott and ODU's Hunter Gregory. So again, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything they said. Obviously, Brett Carey's been phenomenal. You just want to see the biggest, the biggest key for Brett Carey is this. He's got to locate. He's got to fill up the zone. Yes, he's got to get ahead, and he has got to locate his pitches, which he's done a phenomenal job of this year. 
But Brett Carey is not like Thomas Farr. He's not like Will Sanders. Brett Carey does not throw 97 miles an hour. He cannot afford to miss down the middle. And the good news with Brett Carey, though, is everything he throws, it moves. So it's kind of tough for Brett to miss just dead down the middle because even if he starts it down there, it's going to run, it's going to cut, it's going to drop, it's going to do whatever it has to do to get out. So Brett Carey getting the nod, I expect great things from him. I know we all do, and I would expect the best version of Brett Carey. Now, I, I'm sure he's looking forward to the challenge, man. I mean, he, has, he hasn't been the number one guy all year, never been the number one guy in his career at South Carolina. Now he gets to take on the number one from Virginia, Andrew Abbott. What an opportunity for that young man to establish, say, hey, here I am. This is my game. I'm taking over. I'm putting the team on my back, and I'm getting the job done for my team today. Something else to watch for. Turning to the offense, and that's where all eyes will be, I feel. And I think that's where most of the concern is around this Gamecocks baseball team. Hey, it's, it's fair. It's fair. The question I have is this. Does time off help and heal the Gamecock bats? And I'll start first with heal because we already know about the guys, Brendan Malone, George Khalil, you know, Mark Kingston made it very clear Braylon Wimmer was not 100%. And from the sound of things, it sounds like Mark Kingston saying Monday night, he actually said he is very confident that Khalil and Malone will both be in the lineup on Friday. And he also says that Braylon Wimmer is much closer, if not at 100%. So I think this time off is going to be good in regards to injuries. But what I wonder with this time off is – and really not even just the bats, but also the pitching staff as well. But I want to stick offensively for a second. Does this time off help or hurt South Carolina offensive? I know some of you were saying, Chris, it can't get much worse. I mean, honestly, as bad as we were at the end of the season and at times all throughout the season, you'd think maybe a little bit of time off would be good for these guys. But you ask any hitter, you know, there are not many hitters that – would say, hey, you know what? This is the way I'm going to get better. I need two weeks off. Like, and, and that's what I told you guys early in the season when everybody said, oh, we want to, we, we need to bench Wes Clark, right? Oh, oh, Wes Clark is in a slump. We need to, you know, he's slumping. Let's sit him down for a couple of games and, and whatever. The only way to get out of a slump is to hit your way out of it, right? That is the only way. It's just like golf. The only way you get better at golf is to play. As frustrating as that may be, you got to go hit balls. You got to get in a cage and hit balls off the tee. You got to get front toss in. You got to hit off the iron mic. You got to hit live BP. You have, you got to get live at bats, whatever. You have got to find a way to get out the slump. But with this group of hitters, I feel like so much of it was mental. I feel like so much of it was mental because that is the only way I can truly justify the up and down nature of this season. I, I truly don't know what else it could have been to have such an up and down year with one minute you're so hot and you're hitting balls over Founders Park and nobody can get you out to. I mean, you cannot buy a clutch base hit. I mean, there you guys remember there were times this year we could not buy a clutch base hit. And, you know, in the postseason, I truly believe that the teams that have dominant staffs, dominant rotations, dominant bullpens, the arms, you know, in a world where sports is all offensive-minded, right, especially baseball's gotten to this too. Hey, it's all about hitting a 500-foot home run. It's all about hitting bombs and scoring a bunch of runs. Baseball, I think, is one of the last sports where defense, pitching, truly is the difference. The cream rises to the top because of teams' arms. I mean, you see it at major league level. You see it in college. But you still got to be able to hit, right? You're not going to win many games one to zero, not even two to one. You got to be able to swing it a little bit. Does the time off help this group of hitters just regroup as a whole? Do we see all of a sudden the Gamecock bats, you know, something different from what we saw all throughout the season, or is it just more of the same? And again, I don't think there need to be like, oh, just completely scrap the year and, you know, we're just starting completely fresh. Like this is a brand new team. Right. I, I don't think that needs to happen, and which I do. I think that's something else to watch for. Just how much does the lineup change, if at all, going into this game? But I think things just need to be sharpened offensively in regards to execution, in regards to two out hitting and situational hitting. And hey, you know, I talked about it a lot productivity over power. We need to continue to see productive at bats, especially when you're facing a guy like Abbott, like Andrew Abbott, that you're going to see tomorrow. Hey, He's not going to give you a whole lot. So 
if you get a guy in scoring position less than two outs, by God, you got to find a way to get him in. I mean, that's it. He's just too good to let off the hook. And like I said, does the time off help this group of hitters in the sense we see much sharper execution and focus and conversion on those type of opportunities? Or is it just more of the same and the Gamecocks are left scratching their heads and, and just hoping and praying to God they can win a pitcher's duel? Only time will tell. Last thing, guys, what I'm looking for. And like I said, in this game specifically, it's wild the comparisons I feel like I can draw between South Carolina and Virginia because they're two very similar ball clubs. They're basically mirror images of each other. I mean, I don't have South Carolina's overall stats pulled up, but UVA with a 3.66 ERA to Gamecocks had something around like a 3.74 or something like that. Uh, they hit 261 on the year. South Carolina hit like 260 themselves. Very similar teams. And so I wonder, will this game be the pitching matchup that we, the pitching duel, if you will, that we all expect? Or does one team's offense get hot? And I'll say this, if you're banking on that, that one of these two teams' offense will get hot, how do you not put your money on the Gamecocks? Because like I said earlier, if nothing else, at least when South Carolina heats up, and especially hitting at Founders Park, which we all know, the Gamecocks love hitting at Founders Park. We all know that. It's going to be a warm weekend at Founders. The ball is going to be flying all over the yard. You guys know the wind's going to be blowing out. That's just how it goes at Founders. Our hitters love hitting at Founders Park. So like I said, I mean, the big thing is this. At least when South kind of gets hot, they're hitting bombs, right? They're exploding for offensive production. UVA, I mean, what really jumps out at you? I mean, yeah, sure, 54, 70 in stolen bases, but 35 home runs? 35. I mean, they're having to scratch and claw for runs. Scratch and claw for runs. 155th in scoring. I know the Gamecocks are 152nd, but 155th in scoring. So two very similar teams that win ball games in very similar ways. Will this game play out to be that pitching duel that we all expect? Or as we often see happen sometimes because of the pressure, because of the stage, because of the intensity, because of the environment, do we see the bats from both sides come alive and it be a higher scoring game than I think most would expect? Guys, let's move into key player for tomorrow's game as South Carolina takes on the Virginia Cavaliers and what an important game it is, man. Like I said, you know, when you're trying to win a regional, winning that first game is just so pivotal. I mean, it's damn near, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it is very improbable to come out of the loser's bracket and win a regional, especially after you lose that first one. You lose the second one or the third one, whatever. You can rebound, but losing that first one, you're really putting your backs against the wall. And the last thing you want to have to do going into Sunday, you make it that far, is having to beat that team twice. You want to be the team that has to get beat twice. That is the goal. And so we talked about the importance, again, over and over and over. We've taught the importance of winning this ball game. And like I said earlier, guys, you know, in the postseason, we can talk home runs. We can talk slugging percentage. We can talk stolen bases. We can talk all these flashy, big-time offensive numbers. But no matter the level, right, no matter the level of baseball, whether it be high school, College, whether it be D3, D2, D1, NAIA, JUCO, whether it be minor leagues, major leagues, whatever it is, in the postseason, teams that have dominant outings from dominant pitchers, those are the teams that win. Look at South Carolina in 2010. Look at South Carolina in 2011. Yes, those teams at the plate were productive. They had timely hitting. They did what you needed to do to be successful. But you know what else those teams had? And mainly they had, they had dominant pitching. Blake Cooper, Michael Roth, Matt Price, John Taylor. I mean, we remember all these names. Forrest Kumis. We remember all these names. We can rattle them all off. All these great arms that, especially in the first game, set the tone. And especially in the postseason, rose to the occasion. And you know what? I look at Brett Carey, all right? I look at Brett Carey, and every now and then, you know what? Your offense tomorrow, they're going to do all they can against Andrew Rabbit. They're going to do all they can. Again, he went 8-5, and 263 ERA, 136 strikeouts, and 28 walks, and 89 innings pitch. It's going to be a challenge, but hey, 
It's nothing your hitters have not seen before, right? We face the best of the best in the Arkansas and the Mississippi States and the old Misses and, and the Vanderbilts and the Texases. And you can just go on and on all the teams the Gamecocks play this year, right? Your hitters are going to do all they can. But every now and then, especially in the postseason, it happens a lot. But every now and then you run into a ball game where, and I harped on this, by the way, the last couple of weeks of the season, somebody go out and win conference pitcher of the week. Sometimes your guy has just got to outduel their guy, right? And I told you guys, these two teams are very similar to each other. They are mirror images in the sense they both want to win with elite pitching, and you just pray to God on both sides, you're going to get enough out of yourself offensively. I'm putting the load on Brett Carey, man. Fair, unfair, whatever it may be. I am putting the pressure. I am putting the load on Brett Carey. There comes a point, dominant pitching, the pitching, the cream rises to the top. Pitching has to do its thing, and a guy like Brett Carey has got to go out tomorrow and shove. He's got to be that guy. Hey, you are getting the ball in game one for a reason. We are entrusting this game. We are putting this game in your hands. You know what? Andrew Abbott is going to be really freaking good tomorrow. But, Brett, you know what? You've got to be better. Flat out. You, you just got to be better. I don't get You got to be better. I, hey, we can't lose if they don't score. That should be Brett Carey's mentality. We've seen him go a complete game before. Hey, we cannot lose if you throw up a zero. Bottom line. And I know that's harsh and that's asking a lot. But, guys, this is the postseason. Welcome to the postseason. You've got to rise to the challenge. And I know Brett carries up for it. I know he can do it. We've seen this guy against the best competition. I have no worries about what Brett Carey will give us tomorrow. But my key player is Brett Carey. Because if he is off, if he does not give you the type of start you are looking for, if he, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, if he looks kind of like Thomas Farr and Brandon Jordan did down the stretch, South Carolina has no chance. Because I'm telling you right now, guys, you're not going to fall behind three or four to nothing early in this ballgame and come back against a guy like Andrew Abbott. You're just not going to do it. And that's no knock on the Gamecocks hitters. But when a guy, you, you, and, you know, and I would say for South Carolina offensively, that's going to be the key for them. Hey, get up early two or three runs and let Brett Carey settle in. You know, guys like Brett Carey and Andrew Abbott, they are really, really good pitchers. But you give them a lead? Oh, they're even better. They're damn near unhittable because they know they can attack the zone. They know they can go right after you. They don't have to nitpick. Hey, go ahead, hit it. Here it is. Go ahead and hit my best stuff. Why not? If you do, tip my cap. But I'm not going to give you anything. So, key player for tomorrow. We're riding Brett Carey, man. It, it all comes down to pitching. This is going to be, I think, most likely a pitching duel. And like I said, in a game like this, this kind of reminds me, I'll never forget, backtracking a little bit, 2010. I made the trip down to Columbia to watch Blake Cooper in a Friday night game take on Drew Pomeranz from Ole Miss. You guys might not remember that name, but Drew Pomeranz is still pitching in the big leagues, by the way. Really, really good lefty from Ole Miss. And Blake Cooper did this time after time after time again in that 2010 season, which Blake Cooper, he went up against the best of the best. I mean, it was ace after ace after ace after Big league guy after big league guy after big league arm after big league arm. And what did Blake Cooper do in that 2010 season, guys? He beat every one of them. He just outdueled them. He just beat them at their own game. Hey, guess what? They won that game that Friday night. You know what the final score was? It was two to one. You're going to have to have that type of outing from Brett Carey. Brett Carey needs to be special tomorrow. He's got to be special. He's got to be the best version of Brett Carey. This is the postseason. Yes, you might say, Chris, we got a hit. You're right. But this is the postseason. Great pitching will beat great hitting. And, hey, UVA is not even a great hitting team. So key player for tomorrow's game, Brett Carey. He's your horse. There's a reason he's getting the ball in game one. We are riding you, Brett Carey. Let's do my prediction, guys, because I can talk pitching all day long and talk Brett Carey. I, uh, I got a little passionate there about the pitching side of things. I'm fired up, man. Postseason baseball – Guys, I'm pumped. I mean, I'm pumped, and I know you are too. Let's get into the prediction because I'm probably going to fire you up a little more. And I'm first going to talk my prediction for tomorrow's game. And then after that, I'm going to give my overall regional prediction. Went ahead and moved it up to today because the game starts so early on Friday with this 
this game starting at noon. I wanted to go ahead and put it out in the universe and get it out there for my regional prediction as well. But let's start first with this game, the task at hand, game one. Gamecocks and Virginia. Hey, there's some history between the Gamecocks and the Wahoos because guess what? South Carolina, if you forgot, met in the 2011 College World Series when South Carolina defeated the Cavaliers twice, including a 3-2, to 13-inning win that advanced Carolina to the National Championship Series. So, hey, there's some history here. I understand, looking at this game, why ESPN2 wanted to air this game on national TV. But you look at this game, and I'll be honest with you guys, not creeping into my regional predictions too quickly, but we've been breaking down these teams all week long. You know, Old Dominion, Jacksonville, now, of course, Virginia. And... and I think we all agree Jacksonville, it's a, it's a long shot. They, they, they even win a game, I'd probably say. You know, they're a nice story, but whatever. But it's between South Carolina, Virginia, and Old Dominion, okay, to win this regional, in my opinion. And with all due respect to Old Dominion, because they earned the number one seed, they are very impressive statistically, Virginia is the team that I feel really confident about this regional. I really do. But you got to get past this one. That's the big thing. I think you can beat Old Dominion on your, on your home field. I feel pretty good about that. But getting past Virginia. And Virginia's not some, you know, again, they had an okay season, 29 and 23, 18 and 18 overall. But like I mentioned, great pitching can take you far in the postseason. And Virginia has that with a 3.66 team ERA, second in the ACC in that category. When you got a guy like Andrew Abbott on the mound, you got a chance. There's no question. Like I mentioned, it all comes down to Brett Carey because I think this is going to be a pitching duel, guys. I really do. You know, in in a day and age of offense and and swinging the bats and, and, you know, long balls and home runs and all that good stuff, again, when it comes down to the postseason, I think you're going to see both teams locked in, both pitchers locked in because you're really treating this as – Every game is do or die. Yes, I know if you lose, your season's not over. But again, you at all costs want to avoid going in that loser's bracket. First postseason baseball at Founders Park since 2016. And yes, I know. I, I, I know South Carolina, you know, is hosting the regional and some are saying, oh, you know, they, they got a gift from the NCAA. They got a gift in, in regards to hosting the regional. They shouldn't be hosting. They're a BS host, blah, blah, this, that. But I'll tell you this. I don't know if you guys have noticed, coming into the weekend, Virginia is getting a lot of love coming in. They're getting a lot of love to win this thing. A lot of love. 2016, last time you've had postseason baseball in Columbia. And I know there's questions around the Gamecocks offensively, and can they do enough at the plate? But like I told you guys, we have seen the best of the best. We have. And Andrew Abbott, as good as he is, is he better than the guys you saw from Arkansas? Is he better than the guys you saw from Tennessee? Is he better than the guys you saw from Mississippi State? Is he better than the guys you saw from Vandy? Is he better than the guys you saw from Texas? Is he? He's really good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, look at the numbers. He's really, really, really good. And it's going to be one hell of a challenge for us to hit him. But as they say, the old adage goes, big-time players make big-time plays and big-time games. And better put, in games like this, creme de la creme, right? I truly am expecting the best version of Brett Carey. South Carolina at home, I think they feel disrespected. I truly do. I truly do. And how much does that play into it? You know, the whole chip on their shoulder mentality, you know, at this time of the year, everybody's got a chip on their shoulder, right? Everybody feels disrespected, quote unquote, to some degree. Oh, we're a three seed. Oh, we're a two seed. Oh, you know, we're not hosting. Oh, oh, we're we're only this in the national seed. Everybody's using their own form of motivation, right? But the bottom line is this: all the stuff that happened in the regular season, throw it out the window. This is a brand new season, and I do expect this to be a pitcher's duel. I think Brett Carey will be masterful tomorrow. I think the time off for the Gamecocks arms, and I forgot to talk about this earlier, but the time off for the South Carolina pitchers, 
I think is going to be so beneficial. You thought guys' stuff were good before? Just wait until you watch this weekend. The velos, I promise you are going to be up. The stuff's going to be sharper. Everyone's going to be fresh. Mark Kingston looks like a freaking genius for not trying to rush back Brett Carey or Brandon Jordan or Thomas Farr or anybody else last week for the SEC tournament. I think South Carolina knows the importance of winning this game when a team that has struggled so mightily to win game ones all season long. That will not be the case tomorrow. South Carolina will find a way. I think they do just enough offensively, but I think the story of this game will yet again, yet again be Brett Carey, another masterful performance by him. I think he will keep South Carolina in this ballgame, give them a chance to win all game long. Eventually late, I think the Gamecocks offense will break out, scratch a couple across, and South Carolina wins game one of the Columbia Regional, advancing to the 7 o'clock Saturday night game at Founders Park, setting up a packed house, a great atmosphere in Columbia. Guys, I've got the Gamecocks beating Virginia in this game one. Give me South Carolina four, UVA one. Again, I think Brett Carey, the best version of him, shows up. You ride his back the whole way. Do you go deep? I don't know, but you look at the matchup too, man. Like I said, it comes down to this. Which one of these offenses, again, very much mirror images of each other when you look at these teams. But if I have to pick one offense to break out and to get the big knock and maybe hit the big home run, I'm certainly not going to be siding with Virginia's 35 home runs this season offense. Give me the Gamecocks in their home ballpark. I'm rolling with South Carolina, and I think Brett Carey on his own mound in front of his home fans, there is absolutely no way that South Carolina is going to allow the Virginia Cavaliers to walk into Founders Park and beat them in game one on their home field. They've been getting disrespected all week, and I think you're going to see Brett Carey take the baseball and shove it up Virginia's ass. I really, really do. I think he's going to be that good. I think it'll be one of his best outings of of the season. I think he goes a solid seven or eight for you, and I think the Gamecocks, like I said, get the 4-1 win in this game tomorrow. Are you sweating yet? Because I am. And we're not even done yet. Let's talk about the regionals as a whole. We're not even done yet. (laughs) We're not even done. Let's talk about the regionals as a whole. I'm going to go ahead and drop my regional prediction right now. How will South Carolina fare in the Columbia Regional? And let's just cut straight to the chase, guys. I I I could build this thing up and give you guys the dramatics and the flair and all that, but I feel like I've been doing that all week long. Like I said, when the bracket was dropped, okay, people asked, how do you feel about the way it sets up and who we play and this, that? Guys, we have played, and I'm not making this up. The statistics say this. We have played the toughest schedule in the entire country. The SEC grind, right? We have gone through it. And I told you guys, even before the season started, when I made my predictions, Hey, you go 16 and 14 in this league with the competition you have. And I know there's some fans, oh, you know, we, we should be expecting to go 22 and 8 like Arkansas or at least 20 and 10 and, or, you know, whatever. You know, if you want to go fire Mark Kingston because he's hosting a region, then by all means, go, go fire him, slap dick. Go right ahead. Go do it. But for the rest of us that understand this game and how it works, I told you guys in the preseason, a 16 and 14 SEC ball club is a really, really, really good baseball team. I, I mean, it's winning the conference and a lot of other conferences, okay? And so, respect your opponent. I, I think Old Dominion, like I said, they earned the right to be a number one seed. Offensively, pitching, I, I mean, the statistics just jump out at you. Virginia, impressive statistically on the mound, and they've got the pitching to make a deep run. Hey, even Jacksonville, who I kind of – you know, slighted a little bit. I mean, the record is is really brutal. The stats are brutal. But, hey, baseball's a game of streaks and runs, and they're hot at the right time. But, guys, it, it really wouldn't have mattered who South Carolina was playing. We've seen the best of the best. We've played the best of the best. And I was asked this earlier this week, Chris, who would you label? What would you set the betting odds at of who the favorite is in this regional? How can the Gamecocks not be the favorite? I mean, at home in front of their home fans. And, guys, we are weathered. We've basically been playing double-A, triple-A, big league competition all season long. You look at a team like Old Dominion. Yes, their numbers are flashy. 
against Conference USA. My biggest question with Old Dominion, a 4.4 team ERA. How in the world, and I'm not, you know, obviously we know the problems with the Gamecocks offensively, and Virginia is Virginia with 155th NCAA and hitting, but are you telling me Old Dominion is going to hold up with a 4.4 ERA against big-time schools like Carolina and UVA? Jacksonville's Jacksonville. I think they go two and Q. Virginia is the big team that I think it comes down to the Gamecocks in Virginia in this one. It comes down to these two ball clubs. And like I just mentioned with the game tomorrow, and I'll say it for the rest of the way, because I, I don't know if the Gamecocks, maybe they'll see Virginia again. I don't know. But when I look at these two teams, like I said, mirror images, okay? But if I've got to put, if I'm betting right now, hey, one of these teams is going to get hot at the plate. One of them is going to get hot enough at the plate, I should say, to win this regional. Is it going to be South Carolina or Virginia? How can you not take the Gamecocks? They're at home. And like I said, the upside, the ceiling for this offense, if nothing else, at least when the Gamecocks hit, they hit bombs and the runs come in bunches. When UVA hits, I mean, 35 homers? What scares you? About that lineup, we have one guy with 22 home runs. 35, we have one guy with 22. That's insane. So, do I think South kind of goes through this regional undefeated? No, I do not. I think the Gamecocks could lose game two, could lose game three and have to play a game four on Monday. I'm not saying that. Do they go? They could go undefeated, certainly. They could. But I think when you combine, I think the time off is going to help South Carolina. I think, dude, I'll tell you who it's really going to help. I cannot wait to watch Thomas Farr and Brandon Jordan spin the baseball. Because Mark Kingston made the point, guys, they made 14 straight starts. Getting that time off, getting a weekend off to sort of catch your breath a little bit and rest your arm and rest your, hey, rest your legs especially – Dude, it's going to pay off major dividends. Dude, Thomas Farr might hit 100 this week. I'm not even joking. He might hit 100. So when you combine that, I think a Gamecocks offense that will be able to do enough, that's the big question, right? Can they get hot of the plate? But at home, in front of your home fans, first home regional since 2016, the Gamecocks are approaching this, I'd imagine. I know I feel this way. We're not approaching this thing as we're the two seed. South Carolina should be the favorite. They are. They should be the one seed. They should be the favorite. And I think they'll show that this weekend. South Carolina is going to look to make a statement this weekend because you know what? Whether you want to admit it or not, this is a damn good ball club. But I've been saying that all season long. The pitching will do enough in each and every single game. Like I've said all year, they'll do enough in each and every single game to win each and every single game. And I think offensively, I think offensively, you'll see South going to come alive just enough where the Gamecocks will be advancing to the Super Regionals. They will win the Columbia Regional. I do not think South kind of will miss out on the opportunity to put on a freaking show in front of its home fans. South Carolina punches its ticket to the Supers. Bottom line. Again, like I said, guys, we've seen the best of the best. And I hate to be the, the, the SEC guy. And I said this earlier this week, riding the SEC's jock. Like, I hate to be that guy. But there are no non-conference teams that scare me. None. There just aren't. I'm sorry. And, and I know baseball doesn't work that way. I, I know it's not a sport like football where you look at like, oh, we're playing App State. We're going to blow them out. Oh, we're playing EIU. Oh, whatever. We're going to blow them out. That's not the way it goes. Hey, you almost lost to North Florida, right? You lost to Davidson. It can happen. It can happen. But South Carolina will not be intimidated. They, they will not. I don't give a damn how good Andrew Abbott is. I don't care how good Hunter Gregory is from ODU. I don't give a damn how good the, the Old Dominion lineup is. and this, I didn't, Dude, we have seen everything you could throw at us. We, we're, you're going you're gonna to show us nothing we have not already seen. And I think the Gamecocks will show that this week. And I, I think they will advance. I think they'll punch their ticket to Supers. And I think it's going to be a rowdy bunch of roosters this weekend at Founders Park enjoying each and every single second of it. So that's my prediction again tomorrow. South Carolina beating Virginia 4-1 to overall for the weekend. My Columbia Regional prediction, I think the Gamecocks will punch their ticket to the Super Regionals. And what a hell of a weekend it will be when that happens. I'll be smoking a stogie, celebrate with each and every single one of you. With that being said, let's move off of baseball before we close, guys, into men's basketball news. Man, we have not talked men's basketball on this show in a long, long, long time. A long time, but there is news to get into. 
as Jermaine Kusnard and Keyshawn Bryant announced they will be back for the 2021-2022 season. Also announcing Seventh Woods, he has hit the transfer portal, and Brandon Martin, the son of Frank Martin, has transferred into South Carolina from USC Upstate. Let's start first with that Kusnard and Bryant news. Now, I don't think many of us are shocked. I mean, it is great news to get the, the official announcement, if you will. I don't think many of us are shocked because I don't think many of us looked at Kusnard and Bryant and said, oh, NBA talent, right, or pro talent. No offense to those guys, but, you know, I, I think another year in college will do them a lot of good. With that being said, and I posed this question on social media, but does the return of Jermaine Kusnard and Keyshawn Bryant, does it change your expectations at all for this 2021-2022 season, right? Does it change your expectations? Because for me, I'll be honest with you guys, and we're so far off from talking basketball and breaking down basketball and previewing basketball and all that stuff. We're so far off from that, and I don't think any of us are rushing basketball back. I don't think any of us are, right, with all due respect. I'm just at the point, me, where like, you know, yes, this is a boost. I mean, there's no question. This is a boost, and it makes me think maybe Frank Martin's team will not be as bad as some of us previously thought. But I am in such a mode of wait and see and also a mode of feeling like this program is on life support. It, it is. That's just the way it feels right now. And, you know, speaking on the Brandon Martin transfer thing, you know, nobody will say this publicly except yours truly. So I'll go ahead and say it, okay? The Brandon Martin transfer, Frank Martin's son coming to Carolina, is he going to play? Probably not. I mean, I heard he's a walk-on, whatever. USC Upstate, he was like a five points per game player or whatever. So is he going to play or contribute? Probably not. That move screams to me, Frank Martin saying, you know what? If it's going to be my last year in Columbia, I might as well enjoy it with my son. I might as well enjoy it with family on my farewell tour. I mean, that's kind of what that move feels like. And I hate to be that guy and, you know, whatever, but it just, it screams that. It screams that. Again, yes, I'm very excited for Jermaine Kuznar and Keyshawn Bryant to be coming back this year. Huge boost to the team. But Keyshawn Bryant was a very, very inconsistent player, and Jermaine Kuznard was a shell of himself from his freshman season. And you can blame COVID, you can blame this, that, whatever, but those are the facts, okay? So with what you lost in the transfer portal and even with what you got in the transfer portal and have coming back, I mean, do we really raise the expectations at all? And the bottom line for Gamecocks basketball comes back to this. If you don't make the tournament, none of it matters anyways. So does the return of Jermaine Kustar and Keyshawn Bryant all of a sudden make the Gamecocks a tournament team next season? I don't think so. I doubt it. I'm not predicting it. That's for damn sure. And I highly, highly doubt it. Now, on the news of Seventh Woods hitting the portal, a uh, good buddy of mine, Phil Harris, which shout out to Phil. I know he's tuned in. He called in the Daily Crow on uh, yesterday, he called in, and asked a question about Seventh Woods and what it means for the program. Is Seventh transferring because the program's a dumpster fire or because he wants to find somewhere else to play? And it kind of got the wheels in my head turning and got me thinking about Because I think that's an interesting question. Why would a guy like Seventh Woods dip out? You know, the, the coaches were so high on him, and he played last year and all that. You know, I think it's a combination of a little bit of everything. You know, Seventh. Obviously has not been that prospect. We all expect him to be coming out of Hammond. I mean, this guy was highly regarded. One of the top prospects in the entire country. And it was a huge miss when the Gamecocks didn't get him. All he did, though, though was go to, seven, or go to UNC and sit the bench. That's all he did. And I had a good buddy of mine, who I will not name on this show, but a good buddy of mine that played college basketball that's a huge UNC fan that told me when South kind of got him, Chris, the kid's a scrub. And you know what? Whatever. He's told me the kid's a scrub. And obviously, I was not going to go publicly on my platform and say that, but he said, Chris, I'm warning you, the kid is a scrub. Okay? And so I did not get carried overboard with the Seventh Woods hype. I was more so, okay, let's just see what he can do. Okay? But, you know, everybody leaves for a reason. Seventh Woods, he wants to go play more. He wants to go pro, whatever it may be. But this is just a program right now, like I said, guys, bottom line, that is on life support. And I know some of you are like, Chris, why are you even talking basketball? We don't want to hear about basketball. we got so much other stuff going on. Why would you want to talk about basketball? 
it's it's noteworthy. <laughs> we have to discuss it. But uh, overall, great to see Kusnard and Bryant back. Does it change anything going into the season? Unfortunately, I don't think so. I don't think so. One last thing, guys, because we're going to wrap it up here. But one last thing before we get out of here. Um, pictures were dropped. You know, obviously recruiting is going on right now at South on a Shane Beamer hard on the recruiting trail. Okay. Hard on the recruiting trail. And pictures were dropped of a prospect, a big-time prospect, by the way, wearing South Carolina unis. Okay? Wearing South Carolina unis. And it caught fire because what it is, it's the black uniforms with Gamecocks in the Under Armour script, not the Black Magic script, the Under Armour script, and the Under Armour numbers instead of the numbers with the fake holes in them. In closing here on this Thursday, all I ask Coach Beamer is this. And I don't normally use my platform to sway anyone's decision-making or to be a point of influence in things and situations like this. But Shane Beamer, anyone on the football staff, anyone, if you are hearing the sound of my voice, I plead with you. And you know what? Some of Gamecock Nation may not want me to speak with them, but I'm going to do so anyways. Just like the Lorax spoke for the trees, see Philly of the Spurs Up show speaks for Gamecock Nation. Please, for the love of God, can we go back to the 2005 and 2006 uniforms that we wore under Steve Spurrier? They're very simple, very basic white helmet with three stripes, you know, garnet jersey or whatever with Carolina across the front, the block C on the shoulder, and then pants with the three stripes down the side. I am a very much less is more kind of guy when it comes to uniforms. And I feel like those have a very classic, traditional, but sleek look. And I think they look really, really good in the Under Armour material. If you're not going to do that, if nothing else, I plead with you, I beg of you, pick something and let's stick with it. Because I'm getting so tired of watching Carolina switch uniforms Year after year after year after year. Sit down, make it a priority. Hey, let's take care of the little things in this new regime. Sit down, make it a priority. Let's figure out our look, what we want to look like, and get it over with. And don't change it for the next 10 years. I don't give a damn you talk about, oh, players want to do this with helmets. They want to do no, no. Hey, I, I guess if we want to go that direction, we either have to be traditional or go crazy with these damn uniforms. You got to pick one or the other. Okay, I'm just so tired of these minor tweaks and this, that. Just pick something. I'm telling you right now, Coach Beamer, if you're listening or anybody in that football staff, the 05 and 06 unis, less is more, man. Go back to those. Get Under Armour to make those puppies up. I'm telling you, them things will look fire. They'll look fuego. And on that note, we'll close, guys. Uh, quick update, as you noticed, no guest interview today. So content update for you. I actually had a in-studio interview Scheduled for yesterday, but unfortunately, he had to reschedule the last minute. So, was not able to schedule anyone, anyone else. But I've got a surprise for you guys and a little bit of an audible here this week. But I think you're going to be really excited about this. So, no interview on today's show. But I mentioned tonight, we are live at Halls, right? Cox by 90 and I live at Halls. We'll be talking Gamecocks baseball, football, taking your questions, shooting the shit, all that good stuff, right? Going to be a great show. I'm actually going to pull that audio. From that conversation, that is going to be tomorrow's podcast. So really, really good stuff. Like I said, I appreciate Jeff, a.k.a. Cox by 90, having me out. I appreciate Halls, a fantastic establishment hosting us as well. Going to be a really good time. And like I said, guys, tonight at Halls, if you're in the city, across the street from the state, I'll say, go grab your steak, have you a drink. Let's talk some Gamecocks. Let's have a great night and have a little bit of a pregame before the pregame before South Carolina takes on Virginia tomorrow at noon at Founders Park. But again, guys, hey, I guess this will be the last time I talk to you before we talk tonight at Halls. That will be tomorrow's show, like I said, guys. So before I let you go, go Cox, beat Virginia, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.